encourage you to open your Bibles with me to Hebrews chapter 11. We are going to continue in our sermon series titled Heroes. We are looking at and learning from some of faith's finest found in God's hall of faith in Hebrews chapter 11. These heroes encourage us today to live out our faith in God day by day. The late great pastor Adrian Rogers once said, faith is taking God at his word. These heroes took God at his word. They believed God was who he says he was. They believed God would do what he said he would do. They demonstrated their faith in God by their obedience to God. We today, like these heroes, demonstrate our faith in God by our obedience to God. Our obedience to God is the evidence of our faith in God. And like these heroes, we please God as we live by faith in God. Hebrews 11 verse 6 says, Now without faith it is impossible to please God, for the one who draws near to him must believe he exists and rewards those who seek him. So as we continue to learn from these heroes this morning, I want to share uh, or remind us of a few key points about faith as we make our way through this morning. Uh, these are points that we've seen already in our study that we'll see as we continue in our study of these heroes. Three points, key points about faith. Number one, everyone lives by faith. Everyone lives by faith. The idea that only Christians or people who go to church live by faith while the educated and enlightened folks live by science is a misconception today. As Christ followers, we absolutely live by faith. As Paul said, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. We absolutely live by faith in Jesus Christ. However... Agnostic skeptics and atheists also live by faith. They live by faith in their beliefs and ideas. Philip Johnson, a prominent Christian author and apologist, said this, one who claims to be a skeptic of one set of beliefs is actually a true believer in another set of beliefs. So we understand everyone lives by faith. Second, faith is reasonable. Faith in God is reasonable. The second key point is faith in God is reasonable. When we agree everyone lives by faith, we can compare the different sets of beliefs to determine which set of beliefs is most reasonable to believe. These heroes believe God. They follow God by faith, not knowing when and where or how God would fulfill his promises to them. As they followed God by faith, as they walked in obedience to God, these heroes saw God fulfill his promises, his word to them. And the evidence of God's faithfulness to them supported their faith in him. Today, we look back at the men and women in God's word, and we see the evidence of God's faithfulness to them. 
We look in God's Word and we see the overwhelming evidence to the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We look in our lives and we look in one another's lives and we see evidence of God's faithfulness to us, which supports our faith in God and helps us to look and live forward by faith in God day by day. Living by faith in God is more than reasonable. The amount of evidence that supports faith in God is immense. It's overwhelming. It's more than reasonable. The third point is the time for faith in God is now. The time for faith in God is now. We know, according to what we've seen in these heroes, uh, the time to respond to God by faith in God is right now. Don't waste another minute, another hour, another day. Receive God's gift of salvation by repenting of your sins and placing your faith in Jesus Christ. It is not too late to start living by faith in God. It is not too late to start walking in obedience to God. It is not too late to start reaping the blessings of God in our lives. The time for faith in God is now. So with these three key points in mind, we're going to look at and learn from our next hero this morning, that being Abel. So as you see in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 4, let's read about Abel. By faith, Abel offered a better sacrifice to God than Cain did. By this, he was approved as a righteous man because God approved his gifts And even though dead, he still speaks through this. Abel is the first hero we see as we walk into God's hall of faith. As you look in Hebrews chapter 11, you'll find real quickly, you'll notice that Abel is the first hero that we see in the hall of faith. There's a good reason for this. Abel's parents, Adam and Eve, saw God, walk with God, talk with God in the Garden of Eden before they turned away from God and sinned against God. So we know Cain and Abel were the first people to be born with a fallen sin nature, which they inherited from their dad. Same dad we inherited our sin nature from. So we know that Adam and Eve's sin against God brought death into the world, just as God said it would in Genesis chapter 2, when God told Adam, he warned Adam, you can eat from any tree in the garden, but just don't eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, because when you eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you will surely die. And so we know sin brought death into the world. Adam and Eve's sin against God brought death into the world. Adam and Eve's sin against God brought spiritual death. Adam and Eve were separated from God by their sin against God as God sent them out of the Garden of Eden. Adam and Eve's sin against God brought physical death into the world because from the moment Adam and Eve took of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and ate, but from the minute they sinned against God, they began to die physically. Death entered the world. The Apostle Paul, as we've shared earlier, confirmed this in Romans chapter 5 and verse 12. Therefore, just as sin entered through the world through one man and death through sin, in this way death spread to all men because all sin. Like Cain and Abel, we have received our fallen sin nature from Adam. 
And the Bible is clear. Paul was writing, and he was clear to us in Romans 3, 23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We were once all sinners, separated from God because of our sin against God, and we had no way of getting rid of our sin and getting to God on our own. We had no way of earning God's grace, favor, and acceptance by our works or by our wisdom. We were in a desperate situation. Paul continued and wrote in Romans 6, 23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. We know that Paul agreed with what God said in Genesis, and he said, for the wages of sin is death. Just as God said in Genesis chapter 2, the payment of our sin is death. Uh, The justice that we deserve for our sin against God is eternal separation from God in the very real place called hell. That's the justice we receive Uh, that we would receive from our sin against God. However, we can rejoice because thankfully that passage also says, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So we know and understand God loved us so much, he opened the way for us to have a relationship with him by sending Jesus Christ to this earth. Jesus came to earth and he lived a perfect life. He died a perfect death. He rose again on the third day, victorious over sin and death for you and me. And so we understand and realize, though we were once in a desperate situation, we now have a solution, God's solution to that desperate situation because God, rich in grace and mercy and love for us, offers to us the gift of grace, the gift of salvation, the gift of forgiveness of sins, the gift of love and life by his grace alone, through our faith alone in Christ Jesus alone. We can all say hallelujah for God's solution. Amen? Say it together. Hallelujah. Ready? Hallelujah. Absolutely. For God's solution to our desperate situation due to our sin. And so we know Cain obviously didn't make it into God's hall of faith for some obvious reasons. Abel made it into God's hall of faith. We see right here. Abel's the first hero as we begin our tour of God's hall of faith in Hebrews 11. We come first and foremost to Abel. He made it into God's hall of faith because of his faith in God. And we learn more about Abel in Genesis chapter 4. So hold your spot in Hebrews 11, turn to the left and go all the way to the beginning, Genesis chapter 4. We're going to learn and read about Abel to get more clarity about Abel because we're going to see some points from Abel's life that apply to us today and this week. What can we learn from Abel? We can learn a lot from Abel. And so we're going to begin that journey now as we look in Genesis chapter 4, beginning of verse 1, Adam knew his wife Eve intimately. And she conceived and gave birth to Cain. She said, I have had a male child with the Lord's help. Then she also gave birth to his brother Abel. Now Abel became a shepherd of a flock, but Cain cultivated the land. So we're going to begin looking at these points about Abel real quick. Let's look at these. We see two right here immediately. Abel was Adam and Eve's second son. Cain was the oldest, the firstborn, and then came Abel. After Abel died, God blessed Adam and Eve with Seth. And then as you continue reading the lineage of Adam and Eve, he had, uh, they had many more sons and daughters. Abel was Adam and Eve's second son. Abel, secondly, was a shepherd. We see that Cain was a farmer. He cultivated the land. And Abel was a shepherd. So with that in mind, let's continue reading in verse 3. In the course of time, Cain presented some of the land's produce as an offering to the Lord. And Abel also presented an offering, some of the firstborn of his flock, and their fat portions. The Lord had regard for Abel and his offering. 
but he did not have regard for Cain and his offering. Cain was furious, and he was downcast. Third point we see is Abel was a man of faith in God. Abel was a man of faith in God. We know this from Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 4. By faith, Abel offered to God a better sacrifice than Cain did. By this, he was approved as a righteous man. So let's focus on that second phrase. By this, he was approved as a righteous man. What does by this mean? By this means Abel's faith in God, not his sacrifice to God, because we know righteousness comes by faith. Righteousness comes by faith in God. So we know Abel was a man of faith in God. We can read Hebrews 11 and 4. What the writer of Hebrews was saying is, by faith, Abel offered to God a better sacrifice than Cain did. By this, by Abel's faith in God. By this means by Abel's faith in God, he was approved as a righteous man. We know it was by his faith because righteousness comes by faith. And so we understand that Abel's faith in God was demonstrated by his obedience to God, which led him to make or present a better offering to God than his brother Cain did. Abel was declared a righteous man because of his faith in God. God said of Abel, he is righteous and he is righteous because of his faith in me. Jesus himself in the gospel accounts in Matthew and Luke affirmed Abel's righteousness by faith. And so we see here Abel's offering pleased God, but Abel's offering made his older brother Cain furious and downcast. And we see in this passage in Genesis 4 One offering was received, one offering was rejected. By faith, Abel offered to God a better sacrifice than Cain did. Why was Abel's offering better than Cain's offering? That's a question I want us to answer for just a few moments here, and we're going to look into this word. And as we study God's word, we are always, uh, in most instances, able to find answers uh, in God's word that we see brought up by God's word. Obviously, God's ways and thoughts are higher than our ways and thoughts, and so we'll never come to the ends of the wisdom of God and completely understand God. But as we look into this passage, God makes it clear Abel's offering uh, was better than Cain's offering. Well, why is that the case? Why was his offering better uh, than Cain's offering? A few answers that we see as we look into this word, follow me. First, we know Abel's offering was made by faith. Abel's offering was made by faith. Hebrews 11.4, by faith, Abel. Say that with me. By faith, Abel. Right there, we've got that first answer. By faith, Abel offered to God a better sacrifice than Cain. What do we know? This is what we know. Abel's faith in God, seen in his offering to God, revealed his righteousness before God. Follow me. Abel's faith in God, seen in his offering to God, revealed his righteousness before God. God declared him a righteous man. Cain's lack of faith in God, seen in his offering to God, revealed his rebellion against God. And so we see, first, Abel's offering was made by faith. Second, Abel's offering was right. Abel's offering was right. We continue reading in verse 6 and verse 7. Then the Lord said to Cain, 
Remember, Cain was furious and downcast. Then the Lord said to Cain, why are you furious? And why are you downcast? If you do right, won't you be accepted? But if you do not do right, sin is crouching at the door. Its desire is for you, but you must master it. God was not teaching in this passage that an animal offering was better than an offering from the ground because we know through our study of the Old Testament, both of these types of offering later became part of Israel's sacrificial system. What we do know is God regarded Cain and his offering. God had regard for Cain and his offering, but God did not have regard uh, God had regard for Abel and his offering, excuse me, but God did not have regard for Cain and his offering. Abel's offering was right because Abel was right with God. Cain's offering was not right because Cain was not right with God. John confirmed this all the way back. If you want to jump there, you can do it real quick. I'm going to go ahead and read it. In 1 John 3, verses 11 12, you can jot this address down if you're taking notes. Listen to what John wrote all the way at the other end of Scripture. He said, for this is the message you have heard from the beginning. We should love one another, unlike Cain. So John brings Cain and Abel into the scene here in the New Testament years and years and years and years and years and years, and years later. Unlike Cain, who was of the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Here we go. Here's the answer. The question, why did he murder him? The answer, because his works were evil. And his brothers, Abel's, were righteous. God, in this passage, don't miss this, in Genesis chapter 4, it's amazing. God spoke to Cain and said, if you do right, won't you be accepted? Cain's offering to God was not right, clearly. That's why God shared that with him. He had regard for Abel and his offering. He did not have regard for Cain and his offering. And so God spoke to Cain. And he said, if you do right, won't you be accepted? Cain's offering was not right before God. And God graciously, in an amazing way, God graciously gave Cain another opportunity to do right. If you do right, won't you be accepted? And we know that Cain did not take that opportunity. So here's what we know, and follow me. Here's what we know. The fact that Cain and Abel presented offerings to God, the fact that both Cain and Abel presented an offering to God means that they knew about offerings, which means that they were taught about offerings, which means they were taught about offerings from either their parents, Adam and Eve, or by God. God must have taught Adam and Eve, Cain and Abel, God must have taught, even at this point in time, God must have taught that a 
substitutionary blood sacrifices, blood sacrifice of an animal was necessary because he had regard for Abel's offering and he didn't have regard for Cain's offering. He accepted Abel's offering. He rejected Cain's offering. Remember, faith is taking God at his word. Abel did, Cain didn't. And so we understand and know that what was going on here was even at the beginning, in the book of Genesis, with the example of Cain and Abel, God was teaching us from the very beginning. This message was there from the beginning all the way through the middle and all the way to the end. It stands true today. What God was doing was very at the very beginning, through the example of Cain and Abel, he was teaching that the substitutionary blood sacrifice of an animal in the Old Testament pointed to the substitutionary blood sacrifice of the Messiah, the Savior, God. God's Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, that was to come and to be revealed in the New Testament. You see, Jesus, the perfect Lamb of God, shed His blood on the cross of Calvary to provide us with sins. The blood of the animal sacrifices in the Old Testament only covered sin. The blood of the great substitute, the one and only Savior, Jesus Christ, His blood that He shed on the cross of Calvary cleanses us from all sin, past, present, and future. And so we understand and we realize this begins to make sense what Peter said to us years and years ago Christ Jesus suffered and died once for all the righteous one for the unrighteous ones to bring us to God and so we see from the very beginning God's teaching us what we know as we look into the New Testament that we are redeemed we are forgiven we are cleansed by the blood of Jesus the perfect sinless spotless lamb of God Woo! that's good isn't it from the very beginning from the very beginning, he's letting us know how much he loves us and understand this is right after Adam and Eve sinned against him, turned away, and sinned against God. Father God knew before the foundations of the world his plan, and he began to unfold it from the very beginning. Abel's offering was made by faith. Abel's offering was right. Abel's offering was obedient. Abel made his offering to God by his obedience to God. Cain made his offering to God by his disobedience to God, which is why God had regard for Abel's offering and why he rejected Cain's offering. Cain's offering exposed his sin. You see, Cain wanted to do it his way, not God's way. And Cain's sin was further exposed by his actions. Just follow me. Just think with me. Cain's sin was further exposed, not just in his offering, but by his actions following that. Because what do we know about Cain? Well, we know Cain got furious with God and with Abel. We know Cain murdered Abel. And then we know Cain lied to God about his murder of Abel. And so we know Abel was Adam and Eve's second son. He was a shepherd. He was a man of faith in God. Fourth point we know is Abel was the first martyr of faith in God. Abel was the very first martyr of faith in God. Look at verse 8, Genesis chapter 4 in verse 8. Cain said to his brother Abel, let's go out to the field. Ooh, that's not good. But look at Abel. Just went right out. And while they were in the field, 
Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. Abel made the right sacrifice the right way at the right time. Abel was attacked and murdered by his older brother Cain out in the field. Sin went from crouching at Cain's door to overtaking Cain. Sin overtook Cain. Cain is an example from the very beginning of the devastation sin causes. Cain is an example of the devastation sin causes. And just think with me, there's so many other points that we could get to. We're going to have to stay on track. So many other roads in this amazing story. But just think of this. Remember, God told Adam, when you eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you will surely die. Adam and Eve's sin brought death in the world, and the first person to die was not Adam or Eve. It was their second son who died at the hands of their oldest son. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? We see here Abel. It's the first martyr of faith in God. And as we read through the scriptures, and you know this as well as I do, as we look through the scriptures and then we, as we scan history, we see that there have been many, 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 many martyrs that have followed the very first one, that being Abel. Fifth point we see about Abel is that Abel still speaks today. Abel still speaks today. This is miraculous. This is amazing. Abel still speaks today. Follow me now. Hebrews 11 and verse 4. By faith, Abel offered to God a better sacrifice than Cain did. By this, by his faith in God, he was approved as a righteous man because God approved his gifts. And even though he is dead, even though Abel is dead, he still speaks through this. Wow. Abel still speaks today through the testimony of his life the testimony that we read in God's word. Now, let's be sure and clear about this one key point. Abel was rewarded and blessed by God for his faith in God with eternity with God. We know this. Righteousness comes by faith. Abel demonstrated the faith. It's been confirmed in Old Testament and New Testament. So we know and understand Abel was rewarded and blessed by God for his faith in God by eternity with God, Abel's life was not long in years, but it is long in influence. Abel's life was not long in years, but it is long in influence. How do we know? We know because Abel still speaks words of encouragement to you and me today. 
Abel still speaks through this, through the Word of God. Abel still speaks. The power of the Holy Spirit of God, as we take the Word of God, reveals the messages from God through Abel and how glorious these messages are. So what is Abel speaking to us today? What is the message that Abel is speaking to you? Hey, Scripture says Abel still speaks through this. Okay, so if that's true, Pastor, then what is he saying? What is Abel saying to us this morning? Well, there's many messages that Abel's testimony and example speaks. I'm going to just focus in on two. Two real quick. Number one, the first message that Abel's testimony, that Abel speaks to you and me today, is simply this. The only way to God is by faith in Jesus. The only way to God is by faith in Jesus. Cain tried to get to God his way by his works, which didn't work. Our ways to get to God by our works don't work. The only way for us to get to God, the only way for us to get to God that works, the only way for us to get to God is through God's way. And God has made it clear to us in his word that there is one and only one way that he has opened for us to get to him. And God's one and only way for us to get to him is through the perfect sacrifice of his son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. You see, Paul told us that God made him who had no sin, Jesus Christ, to be sin for us as Jesus took our sin upon himself on the cross of Calvary so that in him, so that by faith in Christ Jesus and his finished work on the cross of Calvary, we might become the righteousness of God. We know and understand now today that God declares you and me righteous. Righteous just simply means right with God. God declares us righteous. We are the righteousness of of God, not by our works, not by our wisdom, not by who we are, not by what we can do, not by what we've done. We are declared righteous by God. We are declared right with him by faith and trust in his son, our savior, Jesus Christ, who opened the way for us, satisfied God's demand for us that a perfect sacrifice be made so that we who are imperfect and unholy could be made right with a perfect and holy God. And so we alone have one way and one way only to God. There is no other way to God. The only way that we have to God is one day all of we're going to stand before God. We're all going to give an account and every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord of the glory of God the Father and we're going to stand there before God and the only reason that we're able to be welcomed into God's kingdom is because we are righteous in Christ Jesus. Not in us. Not in our works. No, we are righteous in Christ Jesus. And oh, by the way, because we're righteous in Christ Jesus, today that means we're overcomers in Christ Jesus. Today that means we're victors in Christ Jesus. Today that means we are witnesses for Christ Jesus. And so we are called to be those witnesses that God desires us to be. And I can share with you with assurance of the truth of God's word, we are declared righteous in Christ Jesus. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for us who are in Christ Jesus. It's Jesus. It's always been Jesus. It is Jesus. It'll always be Jesus. And so we understand. What's Abel saying to us today? He's saying to us today, my friends, my friends, listen. The only way to God is by faith in Jesus. It's by faith in Jesus. The second message that he shares with us is God calls us to a life of sacrifice. God calls us to a lack, a life of sacrifice. Jesus 
offered himself to God as the perfect sacrifice for sin. We've just gone through that. We are to have the same attitude as that of Christ Jesus. We are to walk as Jesus walked. We are to live our lives in a way that's worthy of the calling we have received from God in Christ Jesus. We are to present our bodies to God as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. And so we understand God calls us to a life of sacrifice. Romans 12 and verse 1, Paul said, Therefore, brothers, in view of God's mercies, I urge you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual worship. And so we can sit here today, full view of the Word of God, full view of the Savior Jesus Christ and His work on the cross, full view of the truth of God's Word, and we can know and understand today, in view of the mercies of God, in view of God's grace and love for us poured out to us in Christ Jesus, in view of the testimony and example of Abel, our Old Testament friend, it is right for us to present our bodies to God, to present ourselves to God as a living sacrifice today and every day this week and every day this month and every day that God gives us to present ourselves as a living sacrifice to God, ready and willing to live God's way, not our way. Ready and willing to love God's way and not our way. We live a sacrificial life for God in service and love to others. Listen, we live a sacrificial life for God in service and love to others. God calls us to a life of sacrifice. That sounds good, Pastor. What does that mean? It means this. We live a sacrificial life in service and love to others. Just as our Savior Jesus did who came not to be served but to serve and gave his life as a ransom for many. He came to seek and save the lost. Jesus said, greater love is no one than this, that he laid down his life for his friends. Jesus said, a new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. You want to know how we live a life of sacrifice? We live a life of sacrifice by the power of God at work in us. Do you know what that life of sacrifice looks like? It looks like service and love to others. Service and love to others, day after day, after hour, after hour, after minute, after minute, service and love to others. Listen, will we be taken advantage of? Yes, at times we will. Will we be misunderstood? Yes, at times we will. Will we be mistreated? Yes, at times we will. Will we be ridiculed? Yes, at times we will. Will we be insulted? Yes, at times we will. Will we be hurt? Yes, at times we will. Will we be ignored? Yes, at times we will. But oh, by the way, so were these heroes of faith, and so was Jesus, and that just means we're in good company. Because listen, we learn from these heroes, Abel and Enoch and Noah and all the other heroes, all the other men and women in Scripture, we understand just like they knew, we know today. God sees us, God knows us, God strengthens us, and God rewards us. He rewards us. He rewards us. Today and for eternity. Even though he is dead, Abel still speaks through this to us today. Our faith in God makes a difference today, tomorrow, and for eternity. And we may not always believe it, feel it, like it, or understand it, 
But our faith in God makes a difference in us and in all those God placed around us. Charles Spurgeon, years and years ago, one of the most amazing pastors, preachers that God's ever created, called the Prince of Preachers, he said this, Abel spoke by faith when he lived. Faith makes him speak now that he is dead. What wonders faith can work? Listen, like Abel, we don't know what today or tomorrow holds. None of us do. So let's walk and talk by faith in God while we are here, while we're alive, while we can, so that our legacy of faith will continue to speak for God when we're gone. You see, each one of us are going to leave a legacy. And every one of our legacies are going to speak. The question is, what are they going to say? What did we live for? Who did we live for? Let's walk and talk by faith now so that our legacy of faith will speak for God later when we're gone. Remember, remember, the time to respond by faith in God is right now. Let's receive God's gift of salvation by receiving Jesus Christ. Let's renew our commitment to live sacrificially for Jesus Christ. Let's minister to one another through Jesus Christ. And let's do it right now. May I ask you to bow in prayer. Our worship team is going to come and lead in this time.